In 2012, Seattle native Sarah Adler created the company Simply Real Health with a mission to help more people live a healthy daily lifestyle. Sarah's goal is simple, help people identify what healthy food actually is and help them apply it to their daily lifestyle. Through her programs and services, Sarah teaches a simple approach to healthy life. With chocolate, happy hour, eating out, traveling, and all the fun parts of life included. In this episode, Sarah shares a few simple tips on how to eat healthy, her favorite recipes, and how to make a healthy cocktail. We also discuss the Seattle health food scene and so much more. We like this episode so much, we threw in a big surprise at the end. Stick around to find out how you could win $340 worth of Simply Real Health services on us. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to Rise Seattle Podcast, a podcast about Seattle, the people, their stories, and Seattle's future. Here's your hosts, Phil Greeley and Tyler Davis-Jones. Today, we have the absolute pleasure of interviewing Seattle native Sarah Adler. Uh, Sarah is the author of the best-selling health cookbook, Simply Real Health. She's a nutrition coach, a health lifestyle expert, a food blogger, a real food lover, and the owner of the company, Simply Real Health. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for really having me. It. Yeah, it's fun to be here. We're excited. So we are a podcast about Seattle, and we'd love just a little bit about your background and maybe how you came to call Seattle home. Oh, yeah. Well, that's easy because I've never left. Um, <laughs> I grew up in Issaquah. Okay. And then... Um, you know, went to Issaquah High, then went to UW, and now I live in Queen Anne. So, you know, haven't gone very far. But yeah. um, I have traveled a lot. I thought about the possibility of, like, wanting to move somewhere, of course, just because of the weather. And um, then I just sort of quickly got over that phase. It was like a three-month thought in my head. And now I'm so glad that I didn't. Like, my people are here. Yeah. Seattle's so, it's so awesome. It's so amazing. It's so fun to see it grow. Um, and, and I think really cool ways. Cool. Cool. All right. So can I just be a crazy raving fan <laughs> here for a second? Um, so one of the reasons that I'm so excited that you're on this show um, is the fact that your work has profoundly impacted my life as well as my wife's life. Um, I, you know, again, I know you're more about kind of the don't worry about the scale. It's about how you feel. Well, I feel amazing because of your work. Um, your, your book's been out for about a year and a half now, uh, and we use it daily, seriously daily. So good. Uh, so thank you for doing that. Mm, um, thank you. So, you know, you're an author, but you're so much more than that. Can you tell us specifically what Simply Real Health does and what you guys are all about? Yeah, the golden question, right? Um, so about four years ago, I started, you know, looking around, I've always been in the health industry and the nutrition industry. And I started noticing that um, people were really confused about healthy eating, like people who had the best intentions for eating healthy people who, you know, were putting the effort forward, 
were so confused because there's so much information. There's like an over overwhelmed, like overloaded feeling when you're trying to get healthy or be healthier, um, that it's all the information conflicts with each other and it changes every two months and it's really hard to keep up. So I started my business because I wanted to teach people a way to think about healthy eating. That's really simple. It's really clear. It's, it's very, it's actually fun and a lot more fun than looking at it in terms of being, you know, that you have to be on a certain diet or that you have to be on a plan or a program in order to be healthy. Um, so that was the, that was like the big motivation for me was like, I want to show people that you don't have to be so extreme to be healthy and actually to have a healthy lifestyle that's long-term. You can't be extreme about it because it's just not going to last. I think as humans, we have this want and desire to participate in life and with all of the beautiful like celebrations and the joyful things and gatherings and relationships like food ties into all of those things and if you try to compartmentalize food and say like oh this is just my you know perfect clean eating food diet every single day you're going to miss out on all of the other deeper richer parts of life that food is involved in and so teaching people a way to think about food that they can do both essentially they can have fun and enjoy and relax and you know celebrate with food in such a great way but then also have sort of a baseline basis as to how they're filtering what's healthy and what's not and doing that in a way that's really simple and clear so that you can actually have a better relationship to food and that's really at the end like the end game for me is really helping people um not be so extreme not you know being so black and white about their food and being healthy or being totally not healthy <laughs> that's where most yes. people switch back and forth um so having a better relationship to food in in all the aspects of what that means is truly what simply real health is about can you unpack what healthy means? Yeah, absolutely. So it's like such a loaded question, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> such a loaded word. Okay, one minute, go. Um, uh, <laughs> so to me, healthy means um, real food. And what real food means is food that has existed, you know, since the beginning of time in the same capacity that, is, that it does now. So looking at foods that are like, I like to say, you know, I like always compare it to that show in the book, um, Little House on the Prairie, because mm -hmm. that was like, you know, a thousand years ago. When you think about what the pioneers were eating, a lot of that same food does exist now. And it's still the most pure, the most natural types of food that we have. So like when you're looking at your plate or you're in the grocery store, a lot of times it's, you know, foods that actually just have one word to describe what they are. Like even if it has um, an ingredient label on it, it should still be words that, you know, even a seven-year-old could recognize what that word is, what it means. It's not complicated. It's not chemical sounding. It's not something that's made in the lab. It's very simple. So like looking at your plate, you should be able to say what you're eating and it should be a bunch of one word answers. Hmm. So it could be like, okay, what are you eating for dinner? Um, could be steak, could be potatoes, could be broccoli, could be um, lettuce or carrots or an apple or whatever, lentils or beans. There's so many different examples. Um, so just keeping it simple, hmm. I think is one of the, you know, we get so overwhelmed with how many calories and how many carbs and how much fat and how much protein, but yet the healthiest food out there doesn't even have labels on it, nutrition mm. facts on it to yeah, begin with. Good point. And it would be a really dumb label if it did. It would be like salmon, 
you know, or like here's <laughs> steak, like ingredient label on an orange is an orange. Mm-hmm. And so gravitating to those types of foods and because we live in the modern world, even if it does have a label, you're just looking at the ingredients more so than the nutrition facts. Right. Um, that's what's actually going to tell you whether it is real food or not, whether it's simple, a bunch of one words that you do recognize that most people could recognize what it is. Totally. So then, so Tyler mentioned, maybe we can dig into your no scale philosophy too. Mm -hmm. But um, when people are following the Simply Real Health plan or uh, out of the cookbook like Tyler, how do they know when they're healthy? Like if they don't look at a number on a scale... How do they know they've reached that moment of right. so, that they've been pursuing? Absolutely. Um, the number one thing that people say, even within like as quick as like three or four days of like transferring to, you know, making that transition to all real food, um, you just notice how you feel. And mm-hmm. the number one thing and the first thing that usually happens is energy. And with energy then becomes mood, right? Because... That's what we all want. We all want more energy, right? Mm -hmm. To do all the things that we have to do in our day. We're all busy. Um, A lot of times people don't realize how bad they felt before until they start feeling better. They're like, oh, I'm not so tired when I eat. Oh, when I wake up in the morning, I don't have to set an alarm clock. Oh, I don't need to have three cups of coffee just to feel like I'm a normal human, you know, functioning in the morning. (laughs) Exactly. So um, I think, you know, a lot of those things start to change, but it's really then how you feel, usually energy, mood, then comes like sleep, then comes like all of the other awesome things that come when you're sleeping really well and Mm. when you feel totally energized and when your body's actually fueled with the nutrients that it needs. Mm. And, you know, that is the whole point behind it. It's real food is nutrient dense food. So meaning per bite, you're getting more nutrition than anything else Mm. out there. So when your nutrient load goes up in your body, you actually need less food overall. So you're Mm. not as hungry. Um, You don't crash you feel such so much more stable and calm and clear. Like the brain fog then gets lifted. Mm. Then your your actual energy starts to pick up a little bit more because your body's not so weighed down by all the chemicals, all the toxins, all the things that it's trying so hard to work through. And you're just putting it in because you need like, I need energy now. Mm. I need that coffee now. I need that like sugar pickup right now. More and reactive than proactive. More reactive, yeah. totally, than like looking at it in a longer term way. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that's good. You know, one of the things that I've I've learned from your book has been, uh, you know, a handful of almonds versus, uh, you know, a fistful of crackers type thing, uh, and how I do get I'm more sustained long term. Um, and growing up, you know, a lot of our, our listeners know that I'm from the South originally, right? A Tennessee boy, who moved here to the Northwest. And I like to call that, you know, it's it's the Bible Belt, but it's really the land of cheese <laughs> and butter Brown and foods. salt, yeah. um, all casseroles, you know, uh-huh. things of that nature, um, which are delicious, but aren't necessarily those energy-based foods uh, that you're discussing. One of my biggest problems when it comes to food is that I truly want to eat healthy, but if I'm honest with myself, I really don't know how. And what little I do know, um, typically I get somewhat overwhelmed with those options. Uh, you know, I've heard stay around the perimeter of the supermarkets. Um, can you talk to us about some just 
healthy, simple eating tips. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So um, I love that you said that about the grocery store because that is a thing people say. And it's true. There is like real food around the perimeter, but there's also a lot of real food in the middle of the mm. aisles too. You just need to sort of have that filter in place as to like, is this real food or is it not real food? Do I recognize the ingredients or do I not? A thing that most people don't think about um, or don't know because the way we're taught about food is literally just through like the diet world or through marketing. Mm. Like all mm. of us have grown up and we never actually learn about what basic normal healthy food is mm -hmm. without all the dieting and without all the marketing. So it's almost like this process of like untraining your brain of like everything that's sort of like in your brain of what you think you should be doing or where you've heard or like whatever Oprah is doing right now or, <laughs> you know, it's like there's that information overload mm -hmm. and starting to clear away all of that and just start thinking about like, okay, is this normal sounding? Mm -hmm. Can I pronounce it? Can it, is it something where I'm looking at, starting to look at your ingredients more than you're looking at the front of the label? Mm -hmm. Because anything can be said on the front of the label. There are literally no rules legally when you're in the store or when you're like out to, um, you know, grabbing like a sandwich for lunch. There's no rules at all. Mm -hmm. Like they could say anything they want, whether it's low calorie or low fat or high protein or now with vitamins A, C, E, and D or whatever mm -hmm. it is, it, none of that matters. And your filter has to become looking at the ingredients first. And if it's something that doesn't have a label, then you know, it's the, it's pretty clear that it is real food. Um, so I think having that filter in place is really helpful. Um, and then once you do start to look at the world in that way, you can literally navigate any situation. Mm -hmm. And so if you put in like that little bit of time, I just on my website just did like a grocery store map. Oh, cool. That people can go and like you just download it. It's for free. It's a little free PDF because I heard that so much from people of like, what do I get? Where is it? Like, how do you know if it's healthy or not? Even if you are at Whole Foods or Trader Joe's, is that better? Or like, can I shop at a normal grocery store? Yeah. So just ideas on that, all the different types of things that are considered real food. I think that really helps. So is that simply realhealth.com? Yes. Okay, yes. cool. So, okay. So I love eating healthy at home. We, we try to do that. And a lot of, um, in fact, dinner last night was, I'm now proud, right? I could, yes. I could label all the, all the things on my plate, but let's talk about moments of weakness. Yeah. Okay. So personally, we're coming up on Seahawks football season. Love to go to friend's house, uh, to watch the game or the have nachos. people over. Yeah. They're so good. Everything usually on the football spread is processed and sugary, um, hoppy, right? Carby. <laughs> so how do we navigate that? Cause you, you're in the yeah. real world and you know that people Yes. come upon those moments of um, gluttony or, yeah. you know, want, Enjoyment, to, want to enjoy, like, yeah. You're, yeah, like you're talking about, enjoy the, the moment with their friends. Right. And, and I think there's a huge distinction there between, um, you know, something that is more social and it's fun. It's about like relationships with other people. It's about watching the game. It's about relaxing. There's, you know, those are all awesome things. Um, I think where people get into trouble is like it, the Monday night, like bag of chips, just because, just because that's just what they do, it's because it's easy. Yeah, yeah, because it's easy or they, yeah. they don't think about it or it's, um, so I think that's a first distinction is like, is this a situation that's like worth it to me? Yes or no? Okay, great. Yes. 
Um, two, there are so many things when you start to look at, you know, food through the lens of is this real food that are actually healthy or totally fine, even though in other like diets, they're, they've been demonized. So, like, meat, for example, would be one. Butter, like you were saying earlier. I think butter's awesome. There's nothing to feel bad about. That's Love a pure, like, one-ingredient food, right. you know? I have, like, some butter in my little matcha latte over here. Like, it's a, it's, we need more healthy, good fats. Mm. Um, things like, we were talking about tailgating specifically. Well, you know, so many, like, potato chips. The ingredients are potatoes, oil, and salt. And even if it's sunflower, safflower oil, that I mean, it's not like health promoting, but it's also three ingredients that your body does recognize. Mm-hmm. And there's no need to feel bad about that. Um, tortilla chips, organic corn. Uh, the, corn is one of those weird ones that you should do organic. There's like a hand, there's like six or seven things that are weird that corn is always one. So organic popcorn, organic tortilla chips, organic um, tortillas. If you're out to a Mexican restaurant, however. The ingredients, like, is corn, water, salt. So those nachos are fine, you know, but a lot, sometimes it's a matter of buying a different brand of tortilla chip mm-hmm. than, than the one you always grab. But And corn is one of those that was demonized for me in Omnivore's Dilemma. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've read that book, yeah. but it just made it sound like the evil empire of America, basically. Absolutely. And same thing with meat. Like, the, you could have a really awesome, you know, chili and it's meat and beans and maybe there's veggies in there or maybe mm-hmm. not. Or, um, you know, you can do like a whole like chili with toppings bar and everybody gets to put their own things in or do nachos. Or um, in those cases, I think it really is a case of like brands mm-hmm. and then also catching yourself of thinking like these old school ways of thinking about food. Like, oh, it's tailgate food. It's all bad. Mm-hmm. Instead mm-hmm. of like, mm, you could get some like, you know, um, nitrate-free sausages or nitrate-free hot dogs or burgers or, um, you know, things that are not, most people actually wouldn't notice yeah. the difference that it's like a little bit more upgraded in your food. So, um, one, just making sure the situation is something that's worth it to you. And two, like doing the best you can to at least like make the ingredients a little bit more upgraded sure. than before. And then you won't feel as bad after, and you're actually going to be more, like into the food's gonna taste better number one mm. <laughs> it's like more like this is not punishment food it's like foodie food it's, mm. and everybody enjoys it they're not thinking like oh this chili is so gross because it's healthy like nobody would know that it's <laughs> you know right. like made with right. you know good beef and beans and all kinds of like normal real things so we can't tailgate every night, but there's hope. There's hope for Sunday. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I would say though too, like one of my favorite favorite recipes is your healthy margaritas yes. in, in, oh, your, me too. in your book. I mean, it's like oh, it's four too. ingredients. That's mm-hmm. it. Okay, what is it? Let's get the recipe. Uh huh. Recipe is um, you need one. Let's see if I can do this. Uh, you need one shot of tequila. You need like a quarter glass of um, club soda. One lime. And then a half a shot to a full shot of Contro. That's it. Done. You just do, and you know, it everything in the shape. So yeah, it's so good. What is so the good. club soda? I've never heard of that. Is so that the club soda um, just makes it a little bit more like sparkly. A lot of times what ends up happening is they'll use like a simple syrup mm. that takes up almost half of the drink, even mm. if it's a homemade simple syrup. Mm-hmm. So this way doing ice in the club soda first it actually, like, you need the balance a little bit because sure. it's such an intense right. 
thing. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, really yeah. good. We'll, we'll make them later. Yeah, yeah. we should have these in studio right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so so that's one of my absolute favorites. I, I'll, I'll also have to say the quinoa stuffed tomatoes. Uh-huh. Um, I personally make those probably once every two weeks that's or so. Awesome. Yeah. Um, one, because my wife was like, hey, let's do this together. And then I learned, and it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but what are some of your favorite recipes from the book? Yeah. Well, my favorite recipe still to this day, it's been years, is the um, pesto kale salad. Mm. It's the recipe that I use to convert everybody who thinks they don't like kale or thinks they don't like vegetables, kids, picky husbands. That is a thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, totally a thing. Um, I love it. It's one of the dishes that I call in the cookbook um, the make-ahead in the make-ahead section because they're dishes that you make, let's say, on a Sunday or Monday, and they actually taste better the next day and mm. can last like a couple days. And then you can use it in all kinds of different ways. So for busy people and for me, because I run a business full time, like those are the recipes I go to over and over again because they're simple. A lot of them are no cook, but they're hearty enough that they keep you full. And you can, you know, as the week goes on with that pesto kale, you can have it the first day, maybe put tomatoes in it. The second day you could do, um, you know, pulled chicken from a rotisserie chicken or some sausage that you cook on the side or um, adding some avocado or turning it into an actual base for different types of salads. So things like that are always my jam. Yeah. Um, I love that. I love in the cookbook too. Well, my favorites in the cocktail section, of course. <laughs> so the healthy desserts are pretty awesome. There's a molten chocolate cake in there. Um, I love the coconut almond crusted chicken. That's always a hit for kids too and picky eaters. And um, one of the recipes that I think a lot of people don't Maybe they like skip over it because they're not sure what to do with it. Is a roasted red pepper harissa sauce that goes good on anything. Mm. It's like tomatoes, harissa, a little bit of jalapeno, and you roast it all together and blend it in the blender. So it takes like less than 20 minutes from start to finish, and it's good on any type of meat, any vegetable, any rice, any quinoa, potatoes, like anything. Would this be like a hot sauce replacement sort of? It's Uh, literally good on anything. And then if you have any leftover, which rarely happens, um, (laughs) you can freeze it in like the little silicone ice cube trays, and then you have single servings Mm. of sauce so that on nights when you don't have time to go to the store or you feel like there's nothing to eat and you have like rice or quinoa in your pantry or you have like a bag of frozen green beans you cook those and put the cube on top and melts and you have this awesome little meal hungry already yeah seriously <laughs> why why didn't we do this at lunchtime i know don't get me started um well so is there is there a place maybe where we could get a teaser of some of those specific? oh yeah so i love one of the things um I love doing just giving away stuff for free because I get so excited about it and I want people to try it. I want people to like test these things out in their own kitchen. Um, So every week I write um, a blog and it's a new recipe. So every Thursday that comes out. So when people get on my email list, every Thursday they're just getting a new recipe or an idea, something that's not in the cookbook, um, but in addition to. And then I have like a a little PDF on my website of like my five top five favorite healthy recipes. There's that grocery store map on there. Um, and then I have also like a three day sample meal plan for free that people can just go and like 
that's more so to show people how my seasonal meal plans work of mm. take this for a test for three days. This is how we make it more efficient and clean, simple and easy, spend less time, less hassle, but still eat really well. Mm. So you can start to feel really good. So all of those things are on the website at um, Simply Real Health. And then I also share daily things um, over on Instagram too. And now I'm a newbie to Snapchat, but I'm really <laughs> loving it. <laughs> um, of just little like healthy tidbits, um, even aside from food of just how to think about your day, little things you can do, different ideas. I think one of the biggest things that happens is that we just get so stuck in doing what we've always done. And it's really hard to think of new ideas or what you could do instead. But I feel like that's where my, um, that's where my um, service to the world is, is my brain works really well in that way. And I love sharing that information with people. Um, because for me, I think the more people can, that can you know, eat a little bit better, um, feel a little bit better, like they're going to be able to give their gifts better to the world. And I just really like thinking about that. It's great. So part of your Simply Real Health brand is also a coaching program. Yes. Is that right? What does that look like? What are the clients that come to you? And Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's my favorite work, actually. So I have, um, I run a group program three times a year. I have seasonal meal plans that come out every season. Um, and that's more so to help with the meal planning side of things, but the one-on-one -on -one coaching is my, is my favorite and actually is the biggest piece of my business. Um, it's, it, I, I literally will take, like I adopt people almost. <laughs> <laughs> I like go into their life, I, you know, meet them at their house or over Skype and we just talk through every sort of aspect of their life. What's going on? What's not working? What are the things that sort of stop them? And then just like surround them with so many different solutions and tools and tips and ideas. And I'm texting them every day and they can tell me what restaurant they're going to and like, Hey, what would, what should I order? Or what should I, you know, I'm traveling on this day. What should I get at the airport? How should I prepare for a trip? How, you know, I have whatever real life situation that comes up, there's always a way to navigate. And, um, a lot of it again is people getting stuck in how they've always done things. Um, so helping them through that process is always like awesome. So it's a six week minimum thing all the way up to three months at a time where I'm literally like their little pocket food guide. Buddy. Yeah. Food buddy for everything. Um, and helping them figure out food in a way that's really joyful and fun mm. for them so that they end up losing weight and feeling so much better. But most of all, having like a much better relationship with food, they learn how to like cook for their families. They just feel more stable and calm and energized instead of like stressed out and right. crazy in their right. head. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It seems like that's good. That's a lot of work for mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. uh, do you hope to replicate yourself at some point to be able to build a team out? Yeah. So yeah. Um, right now I love the one-on-one -on -one work. Um, I do have a limit. I have, I can only, I only take on 10 clients at a time. Mm -hmm. So then I have a wait list for people, um, who are interested in that. It's not the right fit for every person, mm -hmm. I would say. Um, but doing the group program twice a year has enabled me to reach a lot more people, um, at a price point that is, is a lot more comfortable for people because one-on-one -on -one work, you pay for the one-on-one -on -one yeah, service. It's premium service. Absolutely. Yeah. And so the group program has enabled that to kind of get that experience of the mental, emotional side of food, um, you know, but doing it in a, and the group dynamic is so fun too. Um, but so this day, I don't know when, 
we're airing this podcast, but um, tomorrow I am launching a brand new program, which will really enable me to help reach even more, more of you. And um, especially with the um, education side of things, like you're asking, like, I think I kind of know about healthy food. I'm not really sure, but then there's all these specifics and things like, what would Sarah say about this? Or like, what about that? Or what about the, you know, this tailgating situation or this dinner or this happy hour, or this, you know, real life thing. Um, I put together a program that's essentially like a three week online course that people can do at their own pace um, that really teaches them the basics, but also the details of everything you need to know about real food in real life um, and making it, you know, in a really approachable, fun you know, podcasts and there's fun little downloads and there's assignments every week and, um, you know, enabling them to access a group forum so that people who have gone through the same information can kind of help help each other out. And so I'm really excited for that. That's Um, awesome. Fingers crossed the launch (laughs) goes well. The technology side of things is always like funny (laughs) to to deal with. What's the price point of that? Yeah. So that one's, it's a three week um, program, you get like a free little onboarding pre-week thing, um, and it's for two ninety seven. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So by the time this airs, this episode, it will yes. have launched for a few weeks. It will have so launched, and they go to yeah. your website. They go to the website. It's called the Simply Real Health Food Academy. So oh, it's fun. like school, nice. but in a fun way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> fun food school. Fun yeah. food school for it's sure. It's like Hogwarts. Yeah. Not like <laughs> the school that you went to. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, so Sarah, you recently posted on Instagram, uh, and I'm, I'm just going to quote a little bit, about living in the land of the gray. Um, and you explained that your goal for healthy living has shifted from having balance uh, and giving yourself more grace and practicing calm daily healthiness without being extreme. And I love that idea of daily healthiness um, over drastic cleanses. I've, I've done a couple of cleanses in my past, and you know, I tend to swing one way and mm-hmm. kind of become this guy who berates everybody for eating sugar and why are you eating sugar and what's going on? And and then one night I just get overwhelmed and want to eat all the sugar, right, that I possibly can. Uh, can you dive a little bit deeper into that for us yeah. and just explain that yeah. philosophy? Yeah, um, absolutely. So, you know, like I was saying before, most people, when they think about eating healthy, it becomes so black and white. Like they're eating perfectly, doing really well, they're on their plan, they're on their program, they're not drinking, they're not eating, you know, whatever. Um, they feel really great and they get very intense. They talk, you know, post on Facebook about it to all their friends. And then some real life occasion will come up. Mm. And that's usually the point where most people are like, oh, well, it's just one night or, oh, well, I just want to have like one glass of wine or one beer or, you know, I've been doing so well. And it's, it, it, then you swing back to the other way of being like, then you're off and then you're like, well, that was fun. Okay, maybe we'll keep this going for another day or two because I already messed up. I already feel like sort of guilty about it. And you continue that for a day or, you know, even like a week, even for some people that gets off for like a couple of months. And then they feel so physically bad and mentally bad and guilty. And then they swing back the other way. Okay, so now my juice cleanse starts tomorrow or now we're going to do this 21-day you know, program or something that then you just swing from like black and white and black and white and black and white and there is no gray. Like mm. the, but healthy living in the land of gray is, is like such a happier, like better place to be. Mm-hmm. And I think um, nobody really ever talks about what that actually entails daily. 
Like, so what does that mean for your coffee? What does that mean for wine? What does that mean for desserts? How much? How often? Like, what are you supposed to look for? And I think, you know, once that was the whole reason for me of starting Simply Real Health was like to try and help people figure out this land of gray. It's very nebulous. It's very like nobody really actually talks about it. So um, I've made it my goal to like start talking about it. What does that like exactly mean no matter where you are or what you're doing, what your life entails, um, to be able to navigate it in a way that you're picking and choosing things that are going to make you feel good, but without being crazy and extreme. And um, a lot of it comes more into figuring out what your body's actually saying to you. Most of us are so numb, like we just don't think about it. We've never learned about it. We just like go through the motions every day without thinking like, Okay, how'd that make me feel? But before we could ever get into that conversation, people need to have that first basic education around like the filter, right, of what is real food and what is not real food. So it has to start there because when you start there, that's what will enable you to start feeling better enough to notice all of the other things like your hunger and your mood and um, all of the things that daily add up and make a huge impact. Mm. So practically speaking, we live in Seattle, a fast-paced, high-tech city. We have lots of employees sitting at their desk at Amazon all day long, and we have um, Tyler and I are on the go, often eating out of our car. What's, for people that would say, I don't have time to follow this plan or to think about it, what are some just quick tips that you have? Yeah, totally. Um, First of all, I would say you don't, you can't not have time. That's the biggest excuse I've ever heard. Like you don't have time to feel good. Like you don't have time to feed your body well. It's, it takes less time and less effort when you're looking at things in such a simple, clear way. And so that's not an excuse anymore of no matter where you are, if you have learned to look at labels and try to figure out, is this real food or is it not? That is what enables you to take that skill on the go. So when you know what is in or are we, uh, you know, like 100% wheat sandwich bread because you've looked at it at the store one time. You've taken maybe an hour out of your entire life to take a trip to the store and look at the things you normally buy or look through your pantry. It gives you such a better education for when you're out and eating out and on the go or when you're at friends' houses and you don't necessarily know what the label is, but you can have a pretty good idea that like the sandwich bread from Subway or wherever you're kind of stopping for grab and go is going to be pretty similar to the ingredients of Oro wheat sandwich bread. You would know that it's a list of like 19 lines long and a bunch of chemicals and stuff you don't understand. Mm. Um, you would also know that if you looked at like a baguette bread, the ingredients would be three things, flour, water, salt. So if you are at a place that has like a ciabatta roll or a, something that is like much more of that old style bakery bread, probably feel pretty good about it, right? And there's so many options. There's so many options of on the go. I feel like I eat on the go all the time too. Even though I have a cookbook, I'm not making home-cooked meals from scratch every single night. I just oh, don't have yeah. time. That's yeah. good to know. Okay. <laughs> I don't, and that's like a, can be an unrealistic expectation, right. I think. But so many, there's PCC, like even things in their deli, there's Whole Foods, there's so many, we have access to such great food, you know, in the Northwest. There's so many farms, there's so many restaurants. I think you can find real food anywhere. Any restaurant, 
even in a gas station, you can find it. There's, and it exists. And once you do that initial work to figure out, then it's so easy. Then you don't have to think about it. You just know exactly what real food is and what it's not, or you know exactly for all your favorite places or spots around town that you, are, you know, are around when you're on the go. You know of the places that are great that you can get something that's quick and easy and good, and you don't have to think about it. So a little time up front to research yeah. can pay dividends in Absolutely. your decision making process. Absolutely. What would you say to to families that are on a budget, right? Because. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's a misconception, but something in my head is that real food costs more than a box of wheat thins. Right. Absolutely. So the thing that costs more is like healthy processed food. So if you're like going like an apple costs less than a dollar, right? Let's say even at the most expensive, the most expensive apple at Whole Foods would be still less than a dollar for one apple. But when you take that apple and you combine it with high fructose corn syrup or some kind of natural corn syrup and all these other like flavors and things, the box of apple fruit roll-ups is going to be like $7. And like, yes, that's expensive and has almost like not that much nutrient capacity. So when you shift your view to towards like nutrient dense foods, they're not that expensive there's beans there's nuts there's um you know vegetables and fruit and fish and and meat and when you're when you know you are when you have all of those things sort of involved in your life or daily eating um and less of like the package processed packaged healthy stuff Mm -hmm. um it, it really is not the discrepancy between the two is not big and you can find it in any grocery store that you shop at. Um, yeah. So speaking of Seattle being a place that's, you know, easy to find healthy food, what are some of your favorite places to find oh real gosh. food? Oh, there's so many. Um, I love going out to eat just because I think it's fun. I also love cooking at home. But um, when I'm on the go, I love, you know, PCC. I love Whole Foods. I love... Um, there's a really cool little restaurant called Sweetgrass Food Company down near South Lake Union. Um, they do just all sort of like interesting like salads and like really sort like good little like, you know, coffees and different beverages to try. Um, there's also, I love Vif over in Fremont. Um, there's, I mean, all the stuff in Capitol Hill, like Oddfellows, and there's Juice Box, which I love, like for healthy treats. I love um, hotcakes. I think she does such a good job there. <laughs> and she's up in Capitol Hill now, too. Um, there's just, there's so many. There's so many options. That's why Seattle's so awesome. <laughs> like every, like Westward is so fun. It's every chef that knows what they're doing, like my Anytime I go out to eat, I will always get the vegetables or whatever side vegetables they have or, like, try their salad because I think that it gives me new ideas for cooking at home, mm. right? And yeah. a chef that is a very good chef and they can and their vegetables taste great, then they make everything else taste great, too. So, and it's usually, like, very simple preparations. But, yeah, yeah. Lots, of good, lots of good options. So, as a Seattle native, you've you've witnessed and you've even launched a business in the midst of this huge economic boom in our city. What are some of you, like, what's your greatest hope for our city as you look forward over the next five to 10 years? Yeah. I love the food scene. It's, it's been really impressive. I've traveled to so many other of the bigger food cities. I'm like, "Hmm, 
Seattle's like has a lot going on. Um, I love the influx of um, it's what seems like to me more passionate, creative people sort of living their dream. And I think it's encouraged here and it's really fun to see, you know, people start their own business or blogs or podcasts or they open a little shop or they, you know, are like pretty down to collaborate. And um, it's not a city that's overblown with that yet. Um, I don't think you really can be (laughs) overblown with it, but it's um, it's really cool to see that more from like sort of a sleepy city um, to something that's more, you know, just filled with people that are creative and passionate and, um, really wanting to make the most of the life that they have. Yeah. It does seem that even though the city's changed a lot physically, that spirit has always been here, Mm -hmm. um, in the city. Any concerns for Seattle? Oh, just the traffic. I mean, like (laughs) everyone, I think think so. I think just the traffic, um, I don't think there's any way for Seattle to like lose its soul in that way. And I, that's probably what makes it really cool to begin with. And then last question for me, but you're a national brand, mm-hmm. right? International brand maybe. Mm-hmm. But how has the rise of Seattle this kind of last 10 years or so maybe impacted you personally, whether yeah. it's through your business or? Yeah, I, you know, so growing up here, and going to college here, starting a business here, I guess I never realized that like profound impact that community has and the types of people that have sort of, that I knew, you know, in the past in some capacity or another that have then sort of like popped up in my future and they are the exact right fit for the exact thing that I need at that mm-hmm. moment. And it's just it's just really cool. The The girl that helped um, design the cookbook with me and, you know, helps with my brand design is somebody that I've known since middle school. And we went to college together. We were in the same sorority together. And she launched her own business, you know, with design. And just, you know, same thing with the photographer um, that I use for most of my stuff. I met her when I was in high school and like training her as a hostess at Kachina Kachina, you know, <laughs> and then like now we do all these really cool things. So I think that has been a really fun thing to, to see and to, um, I have felt so much support, I think from Seattle as a community. And it's been really, especially when the book came out of how many businesses, even national businesses that have a Seattle branch that were so, you know, willing to kind of reach out and help and host book signings and kind of like open up their doors and, and people that are like sharing like the message of when they find something good or encouraging like a young business owner in all the ways that they can to help and support. It's just, it's been amazing. Well, hopefully, hopefully we can see that transfer to your academy, that community yeah. that you're yeah, in. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so, yeah. <laughs> All right, Sarah. So seeing the great work that you've done, uh, obviously you have big ideas and big things in the future. Uh, do you want to let our listeners in on anything up and coming? Yeah, well, the big one is going to be the Food Academy for sure. Um, we'll enable anybody from anywhere at any time to start and, you know, kind of take this education piece into their own hands because I think unless you do something about it 
proactively, you're never going to learn or it's just going to take a really, really long time to figure it out and test and try on your own. So um, that's that's up next for sure. And then um, I think by popular demand, there will be some sort of book yeah, in the future. Right. <laughs> uh, I haven't started on it quite yet, but um, I think that will probably be something just because of how much this first one has impacted people's lives. Um, so yeah, lots of, lots of good stuff. Lots cool. of big ideas coming. We can't wait. Thank you so much for being on yes. the podcast. Thank Seriously, you guys for having me. Amazing. Yeah. All right. So if you enjoyed today's episode, you can find Sarah's book, Simply Real Health on Amazon or at her website, simplyrealhealth.com. And while you're there, uh, you'll see helpful videos. You'll see recipes, a blog. There's so many more resources. You've got the Academy that's launching. So by the time this podcast comes out, uh, go check out the Academy. And then, uh, yeah. Go make a margarita. Go <laughs> make, let's go make margaritas. Let's. let's Absolutely. Do it. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks, we'll see you next time. It's giveaway time at Rise Seattle. We love what Sarah and Simply Real Health are all about, so we'd love to give away some of her resources to one of our listeners. We're giving away one membership to her brand new Simply Real Health Food Academy and a copy of her top-selling cookbook, Simply Real Health, a total value of $340. To enter, head on over to Simply Real Health Inc.'s Facebook page and share her post about this episode and the giveaway. So type in facebook.com slash simplyrealhealth and you can find the giveaway and our episode link on our page there. That's all it takes. Just share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks for the next episode. Rise Seattle was produced and recorded by the very talented Brett Baird. A special thanks to Bravery Music for our intro and outro music. You can contact us and find all of the show notes and episodes on our website, Rise Seattle Podcast. You can also connect with us on social, Instagram and Twitter at the Rise Seattle, and use hashtag Rise Seattle to be a part of the conversation. Please subscribe to our podcast and write us a very nice five-star review on iTunes. We would be grateful. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you in two weeks for our next episode.